Hello, welcome back to Chatting with Marcy. I am your host, Marcy. I took a short break, but I'm back now. I had some things going on during my break. I returned to school. Yikes. (laughs) My sister, Savannah, who also assists me with the podcast, was out recovering from surgery. So glad she has recovered well. Welcome back, Savannah. Yay. Plus some other busy things. Another big thing that happened during the break, my niece Juanita, who also assists me with the podcast, got engaged. Yay, Juanita! What's your fiance's name? Michael. Oh, Michael and Juanita. Like it. Oh, Michael and Juanita forever. Okay. And I also had a birthday. So I officially have entered into my last year of my 30s. I know, I know, I don't look it, but I know. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, It's March. During this beautiful month, we celebrate women. So I want to give a shout out to my lovely queen, my mother, Maisie. My beautiful sisters and nieces. And a special shout out to my shimmies, my besties, my podcast producers, Savannah and Juanita. Before I get to my guest, who will be chatting with me today, I want to suggest a few things. I want you to check out Kurt Franklin's Tiny Desk Concert. You can find it on YouTube. Don't get lost into the family drama videos. Just check out the concert. It's called the Tiny Desk Concert. It's, It's so good. I put that on the melodies from heaven. A good comedy on Netflix is Yes Day. It's a good family movie but be ready for a quest from your family to have a yes day. That could be fun and interesting. If you are like me and like weddings and a good love story or story, stories of triumph, watch a reality show on Netflix called Say I Do. Here's a disclaimer. You may cry, so keep Kleenex near. Okay, that's a few suggestions for this podcast. Now I want to introduce my nephew, Rob Cody. Hey, Rob, how are you? What's up? What's up? I am happy and honored to be on Chatting with Marcy, sitting here chatting with Marcy. Oh, yes. (laughs) So you are Robert's, um, my brother-in-law, Robert's oldest son, and your bonus mom is my sister, Tanita. And what is your mother's name? Well, my mom's name is Lisa Washington. Lisa Washington. Yes. Hi, Lisa. I hope you're listening. Hey, Mom. <laughs> love you, Mom. <laughs> she always responds. Whenever I say I love you, Mom, she always says, I love you more. Aww. And I'm just like, I know. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> there's nothing I can say to that. Right, That's right. like, because she, she does. She, she does. truly does. As much as I, I feel like I love my mom, yeah. I love her with all I got. She got me. She got you. She got you. That's always good. Yes. Okay, so now we're going to jump into a few questions for Rob. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I am 37 years old. 37 years old. Okay. I know one of your passions is music. What about music fuels you? Hmm. Well, um... It's just like my earliest memories are all tied to music. I remember when I was about four, 
four or five years old. Um, and I was at my mom's house, my grandma's house, and my mom was there. And uh, I think I was pretending to be asleep. And um, my mom came and she found me in the middle of the floor. And she got her Walkman. And uh, she was on the Walkman was Prince's uh, Batman soundtrack. And she put it on my head. And I just, I couldn't pretend to be asleep anymore. Like, I just had to get up and start dancing. And she was like, I knew you weren't asleep. <laughs> That's so, funny. Yeah, so that, like, it's, it's just that. Like, my, my, all my memories are, are tied to music. And I, I have a really good memory. So I, I remember years and I remember dates very well. And most of that is through music. Yes. I remember what I was listening to when it came out why I was listening to it at that time. Right. And then I can just, I can easily tell you, oh yeah, it was 1996. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, probably when I was here, uh, in there, in that, in that room, and we would all, you remember, like, we would just watch, sometimes we'd watch Rap City together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> You gave yeah. me Brian McKnight, and Night another memory I was going to bring up is <laughs> one of my favorite albums is Lauren Hill, Miss Education of Lauren Hill, and how I got introduced to Lauren Hill is through you. You gave me a Fuji's album. Oh yeah, and that's when I fell in love with Lauren Hill. So. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I was going to bring that up that you tied that music with me, and that was one of my favorite albums of all time. Is the Miss Education of Lauren Hill. Yeah. Well, it was 96 and I brought the Fugees through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a good summer. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was a good summer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, music is definitely a soundtrack of our lives, for sure. Okay, what is your favorite type of music? Ooh. I have a lot of favorites. I grew up on R&B. Um, I grew up on gospel. Um... The music, I mean, I, I grew up on rock, for real. Um, there's there's a, a video recording of me around like six years old singing um, Do You Want to Know a Secret by the Beatles. Um, but I think the, the music that spoke to me as a youth and still speaks to me to this day is hip-hop. Hip-hop, okay. Not rap. Okay, okay. <laughs> not, not necessarily the commercial stuff that you hear on the radio, not the stuff that the record labels want to convince you is right. hip-hop. But real hip-hop. Awareness. Real hip -hop. Okay. Um, people like KRS-One, um, Boogie Down Productions, I loved them as a kid. De La Soul. Um, even all the way, like, there are people nowadays that are still doing hip-hop. Like Kendrick Lamar, he's, he's doing oh, yeah. some dope stuff. Um, yeah, pe people that, um, that, that represent it, there's... I feel like um, hip hop is it. It saved so many people, mm -hmm. so many, um, so many black youth, um, and it was a way of um, stepping outside of the oppress oppressive society that existed for them. Um, like you know, people in these real, real bad places. Um, so this is what I, yeah, the, that's the music that speaks to me the most. Okay, hip hop. Yeah, because okay. I've, I've seen it from the start. Like I, I've, like yeah, I've seen it grow and grow, and 
I think it's going to come back to real hip hop. Right, I, right. I think I think there's so much awareness right now, mm-hmm. and people are kind of getting tired of like the nonsense that they've been pushing. Okay. Um, okay. So I, I think we're going to get back to going to get back hip-hop. to the real hip hop. Oh, okay. So we may have another brown sugar too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love brown sugar the way they brought up some of the old hip hop. So yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> okay. So what is your favorite lyric from a song and why? Ooh, my favorite lyric from a song. That's real tough. That's real tough. Um, I can say a couple, I think. Because, uh, I, I, yeah. There's one that comes to mind, uh, Ghostface. He has a song, All That I Got Is You. And he's talking about how he grew up. And the lyrics are, um, dwell in the past flashbacks when I was young. Whoever thought I'd have a baby girl and three sons. Living in this difficult past, I find it hard to believe why my old earth has so many seeds, but she's an old woman. Due to me, I respect that. I saw life for what it's really worth and took a step back. Family ain't family no more. We used to play ball eggs after school, eat grits because we was poor. Um, fix the hanger on the TV, rocking each other's pants to school wasn't easy. We survived winters, snotty nose with no coats. We kept it real, but the older brothers still had jokes. And he, he talks about... Uh, seven o'clock plucking roaches out the cereal box sharing the same spoon watching Saturday cartoons sugar water was our thing Uh, every meal was no frills (laughs) and he just keeps going and it's just so real and every time I hear those words I just get this feeling of like it's reality it's like um, he's just he's he's saying he's grateful like he, he wrote the song to his mom He's like, I love you, mommy. That's what he says in the song. All that I got is you, and I'm so thankful I made it through. Um, and it, it's, yeah, that that song, those lyrics, I think, are, um, there's there's some of the most potent hip-hop lyrics that I think I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's so many, so many others. Um, but those stick out. If anything else comes up, yeah, comes yeah. to me, I'll, I'll bring it up. Right. Um, Because there's some good stuff to check out. Like, uh, oh, um, (laughs) um, KRS-One, he he talks about um, Johan in You Must Learn. He talks about the guy who created race, who who broke broke it down into five different races and how before that everybody was equal. Uh, But this dude, Johan, he started teaching that whites were superior and the government started pushing this narrative. so that's how we get race, and then that's how it kind of comes to this place where people believe in this concept called race. Um, even that word is so funny, right? Like race, like who who names it? Who names skin pigment race? Yeah, right. They know the meaning of race. Yeah. And they use it in that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's another one. Um, KRS has got so many. I, I think yeah. he's my favorite lyricist. Oh, okay. Yeah, what you were talking about, that word, race terms and words definitely hold weight. And that word, word race, like, why does that have to be the term used for the color of our skin? That's so true. That was a good point. Um, let's see. Do you write songs? And if so, what is your favorite song you have written? Ooh. Yeah, 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 I do. I, I love writing songs. Um, I've written 
I don't know how many songs at this point. Maybe maybe a hundred, maybe a little over a hundred. Um, I've written a lot of lyrics as well. I think my favorite song that I've written is, is a song that hasn't come out yet. Um, and it's a song called Codependent Independence. Um, I'm a child of my conditioning. I might drown, but I'll keep swimming till the vision's gone. Um, and it's basically talking about codependency. Okay. It's talking about um, moving. It, it's talking about recognizing codependency, recognizing codependent habits in the self, mm-hmm. um, and not blaming others for it. Right. But up leveling it. Okay. Um, and I think. Codependency is something that I think is real interesting because I don't think a lot of people really know what it is and how it manifests. Um, and we, you know, narcissism is something that we've seen a lot recently. We've seen this, um, like this topic and these, you know, people say, oh, you know, you're a narcissist, I don't want to be around you. But um, they, there's this yin and yang to the codependence of narcissists. Okay. Um, Narcissist. A narcissist would be a person that just doesn't care about other people, and a codependent is somebody that cares to an extreme, to the point where it hurts their self. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they they kind of attract to each other um, and teach each other lessons. Um, yeah. And so my point of writing the song is to help people have an understanding of that word, what it means, and to help people that feel like they're codependent be aware, you know, recognize that they don't, they don't have to hate the person that's taking advantage of them, mm-hmm. but they can stand in their self and live their own life. Okay. So, the song is like bringing awareness, it's like what you were ta- talked about earlier about why you love old school hip-hop so much, it's because it brought awareness. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. Very good. For sure, for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Marcy, before you go to the next one, have, okay. have you ever written a song? Or lyrics or oh my gosh, I have not. I used to, I remember, <laughs> this is so crazy, but I remember like being in middle school and uh, one of my friends, it was a guy, he loved Nas rap. So I'm like, I can freestyle, I can freestyle as so I tried it, but it didn't work out well. <laughs> so that's not my gift. But <laughs> But I did, like, I, w- I want to get back into it. I loved writing poetry. So, I mean, it's not a song, but it is, like, writing songs is just, like, poetry. So, you know, I do like that aspect of songwriting and poetry. Like, you know, telling a story through words. And people can figure out, like, what are you saying through your words and stuff like that. So, yeah. wordplay is always fun. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. You know, speaking of wordplay, another song came to me. Okay. KRS-One, Sound of the Police. Do y'all know that song? Um, he's like, whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. <laughs> whoop, whoop. He breaks down in the second verse. He's like, um, officer. He breaks it down. He's like, check the word overseer as a sample. Repeat it very quickly in a crew, for example. And he's like, overseer, 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 officer, 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 officer. Yeah, officer from overseer. You need a little clarity? Check the similarity. The overseer rode around the plantation. The officer is on patrol and not a nation. The overseer would stop you what you're doing. Um, 
Yeah, the officer will pull you over just when he's pursuing. The overseer had the right to get ill, and if you fought back, the overseer had the right to kill. The officer got the right to arrest, and if you fight back, then put a hole in your chest. Whoop! They both ride horses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I see that. All right. That, okay, yeah. You know, if you look at it, that definitely have a similarity there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so we're going to go off music for a little bit. Unless you want have something else you want us to talk about or chat about. Um, but my next question is, you have made a lifestyle change by becoming vegan. What was your deciding factor to become vegan? Ooh, yeah. Okay. So, um, in December 2015, I, um, I, I had been taking like 30 day breaks in the past from various things, um, alcohol, um, I would just take breaks from all kinds of things in my life that I didn't want to, like, I never wanted to feel like I needed any substance in my life. Um, and so when I would, when I would take breaks, oftentimes I'd be like, wow, I really don't need this. Like, I feel better. Like, that's kind of what happened with alcohol. Um, and, you know, just whatever. So I got to a point in December, I was like, well, I've always had meat in my life. What am I going to feel like if I don't have meat for 30 days? So that January 1st, I stopped eating meat um, 30 days until, and like at the end of that period, I felt better than I'd ever felt. Um, I just had more clarity. I had more energy to, to do stuff. And I was also working in my friend's workshop. So there was just like, there were a lot of things happening that were changes in my life. Um, I built this real powerful, like 100 watt light. Um, it's, it was like handheld. It looked like a, like a Ghostbusters, like the thing that they were running <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, but it was a big light on, on the front and it would just like, it would, it, it would really like, yeah, it was bright. Mm-hmm. It was like a sunlight. They called it a sun blaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the end of that, I just, I felt so good and I just, I never went back to eating meat because of how, how good it felt. Um, yeah, so that, that's vegetarianism though. Mm-hmm. I was still eating cheese. I was still, um, eating dairy products and I, I didn't think I was going to let dairy products go. Like in my mind, I was like, cheese is so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, but then as the time went on, I started learning. Um, and after I, after I stopped eating meat, I started watching documentaries. I think uh, one of the ones that I watched was Forks Over Knives. Um, I remember that. That was, yeah, that one was brilliant. And um, uh, there's other stuff, yeah. And like, I, I've always been like real in tune with animals. Um, like even like cats on the street like they'll come up to me and I'll like you know pet them a little bit or um like even squirrels sometimes will just stop and like just like chill and you know just like read my energy um and after when I cut out meat I noticed that they started coming up to me more (laughs) oh okay (laughs) yeah yeah um 
and so there was there's that that bit of respect but then how I became vegan um, it was about a year later in 2017 and I was eating at my favorite restaurant in DC where I live um, it's called New Vegan shout out New Vegan shout out Everlasting Life um, whoo that food will change your life for real oh really okay mm-hmm. And I was eating there, like, I, I, I lived maybe 10, 10, 10 minutes walking distance from New Vegan. And so every morning I would wake up and I would walk to New Vegan and get myself a plate for the day. And I would eat a little bit and then later on I would finish it. I did that for two weeks. And I realized at the end of that, um, I was like, wow, I'm vegan now. Like, nothing I can... Like, there's just, like, it was just so easy. Um, And so that was my switch. Okay. Okay, that's a good one. I know a lot of people who makes a lifestyle change, like, um, have a story of, like, documentaries, like, kind of starts their change. Because I think that's kind of started my goddaughter. She's became a pescatarian. First time I ever heard of that, when I was with her, I actually thought maybe she had joined another religion. And her mom ain't told me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then that's when we got to talking she was like I was like oh okay so it's like vegetarian but you can eat like um things out of the water is how she explained it so I was like okay right right <laughs> so I was like okay and she still do that I think she's been doing it for a couple of years and could be longer but I definitely feel like it's been a couple of years so okay that's good and I think how it started was they watched a documentary on Netflix and so kind of like started there was Huh. How is um, how is that going for her? As far as I um, know, when we've talked about it, she really likes it. Like, it's something that she's really sticking to. And I want to say her mother has even begun um, living that lifestyle as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. And um, what is your favorite vegan dish? Ooh, that's a good question. So I'm a real good cook. Okay. No, I'm not not trying to like gas this up, but nothing like that. I mean, you know, no cat. You know, that's, okay, that's, that's no what cat. They say. No cat, no cat. <laughs> um, that's actually that's an old slang term, by the way. Back in the '90s, yeah, they've been saying. That. Oh wow, okay. Uh, you're saying that out in Memphis and in Houston. Um, high capping, you high capping, friend. Yeah, that's what they used to say. Um, but yeah, so I'm a real good cook, and. If I'm cooking, I like to make vegan Mexican pizzas. Okay. I'll make a lasagna. Okay. I'll make a... I'll make a... um, Beef and broccoli. Um, I'll make a... Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff that I like to make. Um, And... Vegan fettuccine Alfredo, I think. Fettuccine Alfredo is my favorite vegan dish because what I did was I I didn't just follow like a recipe. Mm-hmm. I looked up a bunch of recipes. Right. And um, I got a few different ways to make sauce. Okay. And I combined them all. <laughs> okay. Um, so I got yeah I use a whole bunch of different different methods of sauce making. I make two or three different sauces and then I put it together. Um, 
but then I put like spinach in there, broccoli, and I put some vegan chicken in there. And then um, I have this uh, sourdough starter. So um, I'll make sourdough. The night before, I'll pour it out, put some flour in there, uh, put some Italian seasoning, some salt. I'll let it rise overnight. And the next morning, I'll put it into a loaf and bake it for about 30, 40 minutes. Okay. Um, and then I'll make vegan garlic bread with it. Wow. Yeah. I did that for my mom on Valentine's Day. Aww, that yeah. was nice. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. And she still loves me more. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Still loves you more. Yeah. Even after that dish, she still loves you more. That's yep. correct. Yep. But, uh, um, so going into vegan cheese, was that hard? Or is the taste really different than regular cheese? No, no. Well, once I started seeing what cheese actually was, I just, I couldn't really do it. Um, Cause cheese, cheese really like if, if you see what it is, it's not it's not for your body, but it has casins in it, which is like one of the most addictive things that humans consume. Um, for real, like on the level of like a, an addictive drug, like heroin almost. Um, those casins are they're really not good. And then as I did further research, I saw that the U.S. government was paying companies to push cheese. Like that Pizza Hut, they had the, the cheese, the soft crust cheese, government paid for that. Um, so these commercials you're seeing with cheese, pushing the cheese, pushing the cheese, government paid for. Um, when I saw that, I got a huge distrust for the government. So, I, yeah, I, I know what it is. And they pushing <laughs> cheese. Yeah, there's a reason for it though. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, you know, like we smile when we eat it because it makes us feel good in that moment. But it, it ain't, it don't do good for you. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I heard that like lately, like especially with milk. You know, the the thing was when I was younger, milk does the body good. It makes you strong. But actually, a lot of people have allergies towards dairy from the cow uh, milk from the cow or even dairy products period and then stuff that's in like dairy products can be very bad for the body true but they true. taught us milk does the body good yeah yeah <laughs> so, the dairy lobby mm-hmm. they're powerful mm-hmm. so powerful um a lot of those messages that we got through the television were paid for by people that wanted us to continue using those things even i mean they would suppress all the findings all the everything that said you know milk is not actually for humans humans shouldn't be drinking it they would suppress that information all those reports okay um yeah i mean even even in um, the factory farming industry not to get too deep into it but if you want to research it you can um If you, if you break into one of those places and document the conditions that those animals are living in, you're looking at 10 years, all from taking a photo. The only place that I've seen though, that kind of exorbitant sentencing is black drug dealers. Um, just sentencing that is way disproportionate for the crime. Um, and there's a reason for that. It's that it's the lobbying. They, owned so much of those politicians um and um yeah it's 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 wild if, if you actually see the way that they're living you see like just how fearful they are um it's tough it's real tough to stomach mm-hmm. yeah 
Okay. I know it's just so much to like learn about different things and feel like uh, if people, including myself, I'm including that in the group, learn more about the things we're putting in our bodies, we probably could eliminate some things and feel better as humans, period. So my next question is, what benefits have you seen while becoming vegan? Okay, <laughs> so um, I got a lot more energy. Um, I don't spend nearly as much time on the toilet. For real, it's just, that's real talk. Real talk. <laughs> um, my body—it doesn't spend time processing. Um, and I feel like I'm my weight. Like this, this weight feels right for me, and I, I don't skimp on eating. Like I eat until I'm full. And then I go for ice cream. Um, oh, yeah, Juanita, you like that ice cream that I gave you? Oh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I, I saw that um, our brother Josh, was it, did Josh eat some the other day? Mm, he did. I, <laughs> we brought it home that night, and then when you brought it back downstairs, it was almost empty. Yeah, he told me to take it downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> what flavor was it? It's called Netflix and Chill. There's a pretzel in there, peanut butter, and fudge brownie. With Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, it's Ben and Jerry's, yeah. Oh, wow. Non-dairy. You can eat the whole thing and you won't even put it on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to try that on. Yeah, that's a benefit. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) I mean, for real, like, I mean, you know, to to all the, to anybody out there that's looking for a partner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like I like vegan girls. I do vegan women. Mm-hmm. And when I when I like let them know that I cook, I see their eyes. Yeah, I, I bet they grow. They do. Uh-huh. I tell them what I make. Um, one time I made these uh, churro pancakes. Uh huh. One time I made. Um, ooh, what else did I make? I made a pizza. Straight up with a sourdough starter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's just telling, just telling them this, and it's like they like it. Yeah. And I mean, if there's any any vegan girls out there, any vegan women, you know, I'm available. Okay. Straight up, it's true. All right, <laughs> y'all heard it live and on this <laughs> podcast. Rob is available. He likes vegan girls. And ladies, he likes to cook. Let me tell you, that's an awesome benefit. That is one of, well, out of plenty of good things out of my husband is that he cooks. And that's a very attractive quality. (laughs) So, hey, that's not bad. If he knows his way around the kitchen, hey, that's a great thing. So if you're here listening, if you're not vegan and single and you know a vegan and single person please contact us that'd be great (laughs) please do please do (laughs) okay so my next question what advice would you give a person desiring to pursue music music okay yeah um if you want to pursue music i would say just be real with yourself because all these rappers, all these people, so many of the music industry, are just people that are doing what the record label wants them to do. And those record labels were started by gangsters. They were started by gangsters that <laughs> owned, that felt like they owned the talent that were 
performing in their music venues. You don't want to be on a record label because they will puppeteer your image and have you looking like something that you're not. And then when it all goes down, you'll be the one in jail. They'll be getting rich off of you or you'll be the one dead and they'll be getting rich off of you or you'll be the one that the news and all the magazines are slandering. Oh, they fell off and they're still getting rich off of you and they're paying your successor, the person that's knocking you out of your place. <sighs> be real with yourself. Be true. If you can't rap all that good, do what you can do. If you can't sing all that well but you want to sing, do what you can do. Plenty of people, plenty of people didn't aren't the most lyrical. Plenty of people don't sing the loudest, belting everything out. They got that little, that laid back style, that whisper style. Some people do. But if you want to make music, do it. Do it for yourself. This is a, it's a, it's, this is a new time. It's a new day. Um, the labels had control. When I was coming up, the labels had control over everything. You couldn't really make it if you weren't on a label because people wanted to see that. But nowadays, you can use your phone and make a song on your phone and put it out online and tell people this is me. Make a video. Um, if, if you ever hear somebody trying to put you down saying, oh, you can't rap, you can't sing, you can't do this, you can't do that, don't listen to him. Don't. There's plenty of room out here. I mean, look at Master P. He's not the greatest rapper. Not by a long shot. But what he did was incredible. And he did it through rap. Um, he rapped true to his heart. And that's what matters. Um, J. Rue the Damager. He's not the most lyrical. But he could say... He could say some incredible, not incredible, because incredible means not credible. He could say some astounding, just words, just like he could put, he could put what it's like to be a black man in a song, just a day, all the frustrations, and you feel it. Um, there's so many rappers like that, so many artists like that. Um, and also look to the past. Look to who these people today were influenced by. If you like Beyonce, look up Diana Ross, for real. Um, if you like uh, Jay-Z, look up KRS-One. If you like, um, I mean, I hate to say this just because of their name, but um, <laughs> if you like, um, ooh, Lil Dirk, um, those kind of cats, look to like Twista, look to 3-6 Mafia. For real, these are the originators of that style. Um, find the originators and figure out what they do with their life. 3-6 Mafia, I really don't like their name, but their sound truly originated all this, like that, the sound of, of what rap is right now. They were the originators. And both of their, DJ Paul and Juicy J, both their parents were pastors. Um, I don't know what that says about them, you know, how they reconciled that with their family, that name, but I mean, you see what lineage they came from. Um, it's, this is, this is where the power comes from. And also, let's be real, the record labels have been ripping off black music forever. 
they can't really put a white face at the at the front of hip hop because of all the social media and stuff. But they they're trying. They've tried their hardest. And if you t- keep taking it back, rock and roll, they did it. Blues, they did it. Uh, they tried so many times. But really, the first thing that they ripped off was gospel music. Um, and you, if you do your research, know your history. You want to get into music, know your history. Um, see how they ripped off gospel music. Actually, if you go back, you can see that they would go to fields where black people were working and take tape recorders and record the spirituals and then have bands re-record them. Guess who didn't get paid? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I mean, with rock and roll, um, if you like Elvis, that's Otis Blackwell. That's Otis Blackwell to a T. He wrote most of them songs. He was the one that gave Elvis those dances. The label wanted a white face on rock and roll. Black music. They wanted that white face, so they looked and looked and looked, and then they found Elvis, and he wasn't popping like that. Otis Blackwell was the dude that made him pop. It's a black dude in the background. You'll never hear about him. He got rich, but we lost our heritage. Okay, so be authentic, be yourself. That's good advice for future music artists out there. And I know you were in a band or in a band. And what parts of creating music do you enjoy the most? Like producing, singing, playing instruments? Like what part of it do you enjoy the most? Mm. Well, I I was in a band. Uh, I started the band in 2012. It was a 10-person band. Um, Drums, bass, guitar, two keyboardists. I rapped and I sang, and then there was another singer who would sing the choruses sometimes. And then we had a horn section, um, saxophone, trombone, and trumpet. Um, It went for eight years. I loved a lot of it. I loved being in the midst of not knowing what the next path was, but knowing that a song was gonna come. Um, I loved, cause we would just be in there jamming and somebody would play something and I'd be like, oh, that's cool, keep playing that. And then somebody else would go in. Uh, we used to do this thing called circle jam where one person would start off the jam. So like the drummer, let's say the drummer, um, they would play a, a drum beat. Then the next person in the circle, maybe the bassist, would uh, when the drummer was ready, they would signal the bassist, and then the bassist would start playing around, and they'd lock in on something. And then they'd signal the next person, maybe the guitarist, and they said, signal the next person, maybe me. Then they signal the next person, maybe the keyboards, the next person, maybe the other vocals, then the next person, um, other keyboards, and then next person, one of the horns, or maybe the whole section would be playing together. But then once it got back around to the drummer, everybody had locked in on something. They weren't just playing random stuff. Then that would give the drummer space to switch it up. Hear what other people were playing, and they would switch it up. Then we'd do it again, we'd go around. And then when it got back again, the drummer might switch it up. Um, eventually, it always falls apart. <laughs> always, maybe sometimes like after three or four rounds. But this process, um, it was real good for just 
just um, accepting creativity because I, I think a lot of people don't think they, they're creative. A lot of people just think that, oh, I can't really come up with nothing. But that ain't true. Like, we can all be antennas for divine inspiration. Um, it's just, you just got to open yourself up to it, you know? Um, so, yeah, more advice for musicians. Keep going. Uh, keep going. It, it don't matter if you if you don't think you can do it, but you got calling, you feel it in your heart. Just keep going. Um because you're going to face adversity. You're going to face people that don't like what you're doing. Um, and that's, that's the side of the band. I mean, I'll say the good, but I'll say the bad, too. The bad was, um, you know, people that... When you shine it, and people can't shine like you, sometimes they, they want to bring you down. <laughs> so you got to be prepared for that, too. Um, especially if you... If you don't want that, if you don't want to deal with people coming at you trying to, you know, slander your name or making up lies or any number of things, um, you know, stay away from it. <laughs> right, right. But if you, you know, if, if you feel like you can handle it, which I think everybody can, I, I think we need to do this if you really want to, you know, be true to yourself. Um, put out your own music. I think everybody should put out their own music for real. Um but yeah, keep keep going. Um, I did dismantle the band. Okay. It's done. The band ended in 2020. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting a new project. Oh, are you? Mm -hmm. Stay tuned, everybody. New project by Rob. That sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I live in D.C. And right now I'm on vacation here in Georgia. Um, but when I get back to D.C., it's time. We're um, we're going we're going forward, and um, it is it's, it's got music, okay. It's got story, okay. It's got heart. Um, it's got some really talented people involved, people that I've met just over the my course of living in D.C. for about ten years, um, and I I look forward to it. I'm gonna share it with you, Marcy. Okay. I'm gonna share it with you when it when it's ready. You can All probably right. see something about it over the summer. Definitely. I'll be so excited. That sounds like something I'll be interested in. So I'll be totally excited to find out about your new project, Rob. That's awesome. <laughs> that sounds very exciting. Okay, so I have a few other questions. They're just like um get to know you questions or kind of quick fire questions. But so I'm gonna say something and you just answer whatever comes up to your mind. Hot okay. or okay, hot or cold. Uh, both. Both. So in the middle. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, in the middle, and and the middle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, now <laughs> so you, now you like you like all three, like all three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mountains vacation, a uh, mountain vacation, or a beach vacation. Beach. So okay. You know, I'm gonna say this on this podcast. We'll see if it happens. Maybe. Ooh, can we keep going? Because I know it's still recording, right? Yes, we can keep going. We've had, we've been having an interesting night. We had a guest <laughs> come by to visit, surprisingly. That's where you heard the doorbell. And now our power has went out. But the phone, but my uh, recording is still recording. So I'm going to keep going. I'll say, finish your story. Yeah, okay. So, you know, um, the beach and... Um, I'll tell you, one of my favorite television shows, Lost. Um, I love it, love it, love it, love it. All through COVID, um, when COVID started, 
I watched Lost. I watched one episode a day. Because you know how, I don't know if you've seen it, but like, they make you want to watch like five, six episodes in a row. Um, just because of the storytelling. Okay. Um, but I watched one a, one a day. First time doing it. I, I, I would watch them all back to back. But um, So th- it grounded me. Anyways, this show, Lost, is um, that beach where they where they crash where the plane crashes where they have their camp i want to get married on that beach oh okay for real okay for real. and if i do y'all all invite oh yes, yes. It's in hawaii. It's in a, i love it even better yeah 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 i went to hawaii been a few years now and uh was never like my number one trip but like the trip I wanted to go on, it was actually my sister Savannah's number one trip. But it was like the best vacation I've been on so far. It was, it, like Hawaii just gives you a whole different vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Savannah, you got something to say about Hawaii? No, it's beautiful. Everything you can imagine. So relaxing, and you just can't wait to go back again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so. Wedding on the Lost Beach. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Through the years, I remember when it was on, and yeah, I, that was when it first caught me. I, I started watching it like the last season. But yeah, so if there's any any vegan women out there, anybody that knows somebody that you know, you know, might want to get married on the Lost Beach, you uh, know. <laughs> it sounds like it'll be awesome because, like, while we were there, a lot of. Uh, Hawaiian things were kind of like vegetarian, mm-hmm. so we could have a vegan reception mm-hmm. on the on the Lost Beach <laughs> wedding with a vegan woman and a vegan man. Rob is the man. Yep, <laughs> we yep, need yep, to, yep, find, yep. Need yep, to yep. find the vegan bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this sounds awesome. I'm already excited about it. Okay, whenever yeah. it can happen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I, I want to. I just want to say a little bit more about Lost because it's such a good show. It was, it's written by Damon Lindelof. Um, and then Carlton Hughes came on. I know you see J.J. Abrams' name on there, but he really, he really was only involved in the first episode, for real. Um, but Damon Lindelof, um, he's one of my favorite writers. Um, and Lost just—it has. There's so many characters, and there's so many character arcs. Um, it, there's so much character progression. There are people that are just from all walks of life. All different beliefs, all different um, styles of relating to the world. And some of them progress. Some of them overcome their burdens. And some of them don't. And it's it's heavy. It, it is. It can be a real heavy show, but it's another one of those shows that will leave you crying. If you get into it, it will, it will leave you crying. Um, it, yeah, it's great. His, his latest show that I think is just phenomenal. Watchmen. Have any of y'all seen Watchmen? Oh my goodness, I haven't gotten into it yet, but I do want to watch it. Because it was HBO, right? Yeah. Yeah, I have an HBO app, and that's on my cuddle. (laughs) Yeah, it's only nine episodes. Nine episodes? That's it, and there's no season two. It's just those nine episodes. It's a self-contained story. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, it's worth watching. Okay. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's pretty good. So lost. So we have two new suggestions on this podcast today: Lost and Watchmen. <laughs> okay. So go check out Lost, and you can probably find it somewhere. Would it be on Netflix? Hulu. 
Hulu. Lost is on Hulu. Hulu. Yep, Lost is on Hulu. Watchmen's and Watchmen's on, on HBO. HBO. Yeah. So if you have the HBO app or have HBO, you can find Watchmen. Okay. That's pretty cool. I know. I get. I can get like that with shows. Like if the story is really good, I can't stop watching. I end up watching like the whole season in two days. I'm like, really, Marcy? Like, and then you go into a show hole. You're like, what can I watch now? <laughs> 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 and then you might can't find nothing that compared to that last show you just watched like why did I watch that so quick <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah you might feel that with Watchmen okay when that's over uh, when I when I finished Watchmen I just remember being like what <laughs> <laughs> and then I rewatched it oh did you it, okay it's like they're mystery shows uh-huh. but they're mystery shows with heart okay. so they keep certain information from you but it's enough information for you to get the story and to really connect with the characters. Oh, okay. And so when that extra information comes, it's like, oh, yeah, it's so good. That's why he's my favorite, one of my favorite writers. I actually have this book here, um, which is good, you know, for anybody on your that's listening. Uh, the Writer's Journey by Chris, uh, Christopher Vogler. Highly recommended, um, even just in life. Um, because if you learn how to write, if you like, there's certain story beats that are part of all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we get stuck in life because we don't know the next story beat that we're telling ourselves. Cause we're always telling ourselves a story mm-hmm. always. Um, and if you, if you understand the way that the beats go that mm-hmm. we tell ourselves, um, then you can. You can be aware, and there, there's also like um, characters, certain characters that always pop up, like Threshold Guardians. Um, and the Threshold Guardians, basically anybody who may give you some kind of resistance on your path. They might be a friend or they might be an enemy, but um, if you treat them like an enemy and they're really meant to be a friend, then you're cutting yourself off from somebody that's gonna help you in life. Um, and so threshold guardians, a threshold guardian might pop up. Like, let's say, let's say you put out your podcast and then there's somebody that's like, oh, um, you need to do it this way. You know, that the way you're doing it ain't right. You know in your heart that this is right for you. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but they might be somebody that has like 100,000 followers or something like that, 200,000. Mm-hmm. And if you cut them out, then you're cutting yourself off from their wisdom. Okay. You get what I'm saying? That's what you're saying. But if you understand how threshold guardians work, right? then you can respond to that person in a way that respects yourself, mm-hmm. also shows respect to them, and then y'all connect. Okay. And then, you know, they may apologize any number of things. Yeah. Um, and there are so many characters like that. Mm-hmm. And there, there are other story beats in there that, I mean, Disney, all those Disney movies, you know those stories are tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> those stories are tight, tight, tight. Yeah. Christopher Vogler wrote his, uh, the, the um, so the, uh, before he wrote this, mm-hmm. he wrote a little pamphlet. Okay. Um, that was called The Writer's Journey. And that's what Disney would pass around when oh, they were wow. doing those movies back in the days, like The Lion King and stuff like that. He was um, he was uh, a um, uh, a consultant on that. 
Okay. Yeah, and so okay. from that, that, that's how all that stuff got passed around. Wow, okay. Yeah. What's the name again? What's his name? Uh, Christopher Vogler, The Writer's Journey. Okay. Yeah. So that's something to look into. So it's kind of like underlines of the concept of like when something comes your way, like sometimes you, when you're praying, you may want to ask God, God, what is the lesson I need to learn? Because you, you might want to cut it off because it's not <laughs> being the best for you, but it's something God brought to you or something that came to you and that could be a learning experience versus a exit experience. So true. That's, okay. that's it. Yeah. Okay. Very good. There's another, um, so the writer's journey is kind of like for, the, the, those are for like the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're a hero, you're accomplishing something, um, like Black Panther, that's a hero. Yeah, yeah, story. that's so kind of like a superhero type situation. Yeah. Okay. There are other story outlines. Um, yeah. The Virgin's Promise. This, that's my favorite. Okay. That's an internal journey. Okay. That's someone. Um, that's like um, that's a person who, um, like, like she is she is amongst her family, or like um, the ordinary world. But the ordinary world doesn't appreciate her for who she is. And so um, her journey is for her ordinary to stand up in herself Mm -hmm. and for her ordinary world to see that and appreciate it. Um, It's, yeah, it's it's remarkable, remarkable. Mm -hmm. Because we've been telling ourselves these stories. Humans have told ourselves these stories forever, Mm -hmm. forever. Storytelling just gets passed down. You know, because um, they're always like lessons, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think this, um, I just wanted to give you this little bit of wisdom because I, I think mentally this has been one of the biggest changes in my life mm-hmm. to be able to see how people tell their own stories okay. as well and to be able to like, you know, jump in and like help them a little mm-hmm. bit. You know? Right, right, right. Um, not even with them recognizing it, but just saying something that would you know that would kind of like motivate them a little bit or like help them see what they need to see in that moment okay yeah like i totally yeah i'm on the same path with listening to you and agreeing and thinking about like testimony service during church it's basically there to provide um a witness of the goodness of the lord has done in their lives so you can take that on, but like, well, if they did it or if they went through it, I can go through it too. Yeah. yeah so it's supposed to be kind of like that. Yeah. That's kind of like what you're just explaining too. Very so. much so. Very much so. Very good. Thanks for that, Rob. That was good. Okay. I have a few more. What's your favorite color? Purple. Purple. Why purple? Um, <clears throat> it's just, it's just, it, it just calls me. It feels like my color and there's nothing that I can do. Um, when people people see me in purple and they say, you look like Prince. And I always say Prince is one of a kind. <laughs> so I, I would never try to be like Prince. Uh-huh. But purple was a color before Prince was Right, 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 Prince. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, what they might be saying is that you're one of a kind, which you are. And purple is a color of royalty and you are royalty. So that no is awesome. No doubt. And I, I just want to say, you know, uh, rest in peace, Prince. And he also, he added something to purple. Oh, yeah, His he did. His energy added. His energy <laughs> added to purple. <laughs> you yeah. can't, you know, rain isn't rain unless it's purple rain. <laughs> 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 so, 
Uh, favorite movie. Ooh, my favorite movie. That's a tough one. Ooh, because I see so many movies. Um, and I like movies for different reasons as well. Ooh. Okay, I, I'm going to say this just going from the different reasons why I like movies. Um, cinematography, my favorite... Um, oh, wow. Wow, this is tough. This is real tough. What, do you have a favorite genre of music? I mean, of movies? This is real tough. Um, ooh. So I love Hitchcock movies. Oh, okay. Um, I think for the cinematography, I like seeing how he moves his camera, and he does his blocking really well. Um, some of his themes are like, <laughs> like I roll my eyes at. All right. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, he 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 really um, he really moves the camera really well, and he tells stories very well. Uh, Spike Lee. I love Spike Lee movies. Um, just because of his realness. The reality that's in them. Um, I also like the way he moves his camera. And I like the way that um, he just like... He'll break whatever rule he feels like. He'll have somebody talking directly at the camera. Oh, like yeah. His, his first movie, he had three people talking straight at the camera. Right. Or four people, really. Hmm. Um, Ooh, this is tough. <laughs> I really love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, um, Tarantino's latest film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He has definitely some interesting movies. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. And I think some people may not even realize he... Um, one of Vogue is a good movie that I've watched a couple times is Django. Like, he was the oh, yeah. creator of Django. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And I did like the Kill Bill series, even though it was, like, backwards. Like, it went from last to first or something like that. But I did like the Kill Bill series as well. Yeah. Yeah, so his movies are good, too. So, yeah. they're definitely some different type of movies, but they're good, too. So, okay. Yeah, but um, the most recent movie that I love. Judas and the Black Messiah. I have not watched that. I want to watch that. I bet that it was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real good. Real good. Real good. I mean, it, it just, it's so, that story of Fred Hampton is heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Such a young, young dude. And I think uh, with that being said, as some people don't realize how young he was doing such big things. Yeah. Yeah, he's like 21, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the government killed him. Imagine this. Imagine being a 21-year-old in your neighborhood feeding people. Feeding people. Um, and they go into your house, kill you, and then they take a picture smiling next to your dead body outside. And then, on top of that, they tried to say, you shot at them. <laughs> Um, ooh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's a, that was a real, real good movie. Real okay. good movie. I mean, th- this is, this is such a tough question. Thelma and Louise. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's definitely a classic. Um, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Oh, dead. that is funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, there's so many. I know. I like movies, too, so it's hard to pinpoint because it depends on what genre. 
Yeah. And it kind of depends on, like, what you're really seeking for. So, yeah. Because I like pretty much all the genres. Yeah. I can find something. Ooh. I got That's it. my favorite. I got it. Okay. Sunset Boulevard. Okay. Have y'all seen that? I haven't seen that. Uh-huh. Oh, so good. Sunset Boulevard. So good. <laughs> oh. Oh, what's his name? Joe, um, Joe Gillis. Oh, Joe. He's such a tragic hero. That's a tragedy. Yeah. I don't want to ruin it. Okay, um, so the last thing we talked about is Sunset Boulevard that you um, said was one of your favorite movies. And you said, um, so I said fly or drive. Mm-hmm. So you said you would rather drive because? Oh, drive. Because I want to see people. I want to connect with people. I want to smile and see the smile come back. And, okay. Um, when you fly, you don't really get that. People in the airplane just be like... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tending to themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So driving, yeah, that is uh, definitely a benefit for driving is that you get to see more and you get to see more people and have connection with them. Okay. Yeah. And then I said, driving or walking, I'd be walking if it if it made sense to walk. Yeah. Oh, okay. Much walk for the same reason because you get to see people All right. more so. Okay. So that is pretty good. Okay. So I think that ends with chatting with Rob this evening. And so, Rob, do you have anything inspirational you may want to leave with the listeners? Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's two things. I wrote a book. Um, but before I get to that, you said, um, you said, do I have any inspiration for any aspiring musicians? Mm-hmm. And... Um, I actually have also some inspiration, or just words for aspiring vegans or anybody that just wants to. Oh turn yes, their, yes, that's um, great. You know, really assess their eating habits. Um, and what I say is, um, take it one day at a time, one step at a time, um, but don't stop going. Um, I've I've been vegan now for five years, four years, um, vegetarian for five. And, um, I, oops, yeah, and I, I, I didn't know at the time when I started it that it would lead me to where I am now. Um, all that I knew at the time was that I just want to get to the end of this 30-day period. And after about eight days, it got real tough. I wanted to eat a burger. I wanted to eat some chicken. Um, but I stuck with it. I, I, I made a promise to myself. Um, I said, at the end of this 30 days, I'll see how I feel. And it felt right. Um, some people can do 21 days, some people just do a week. Everybody has their own thing. Um, but I, I would just say, whatever you choose for yourself, stick with it. Trust, trust yourself. Trust that um, God is speaking through you. You know, like if you feel an impulse through you to try something um, that you think would be healthier for you, trust it um, and just see it through. You ain't gotta, you ain't gotta say, "Oh, it's gonna be for the rest of my life," because who knows where your life's gonna be? Nobody can say that but God. But you know where you, your life is right now, um, and if you if you make a promise with yourself. Trust in yourself, trust in God, and keep your promise to yourself. Because you ain't even got to tell nobody. 
Um, for real, I, I would I would suggest not even telling people. Um, if you can, if, if you got to tell some folks, your closest folks, do that. But it's really not for people. You know, don't even put it on online, on social media, because people, you get people's energy on that. Uh, but yeah, trust trust yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, trust yourself. That is very that's very good becoming a vegan because I know it has to be tough because I know whenever um which I don't really talk about when I'm doing it is fasting and I'm sacrificing for um like cuz I'm seeking more communing more with God. Um it can be a task and you're going to get tempted. Like I like if I give up sweets during that fast, like it's every turn somebody wants to pass me a candy bar, say here goes some cupcakes, <laughs> something. It's always a struggle, but you know what you promised yourself and what you're why you're doing it and what you promised to God that you're sacrificing this to spend more time with Him. So it's definitely good, like you make a promise to yourself to do this lifestyle change, and you'll definitely find that benefit as we learned from earlier with you with the vegan lifestyle change. So that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah more, you said? Oh, yeah. Uh, you, br- you just brought up fasting. I mean, I, I think that is the key to real success. Um, fasting, but really sacrifice. You know, um, what can you sacrifice to achieve your goal? Um, and this society wants to put so many images into your brain to make you crave things. Um, they want you continually craving. Um, because then you're not really creating for yourself. You're just, you know, you go out and you let somebody else create for you. Um, but I mean, for real, like, can you sacrifice that? Can you sacrifice the ease of fast food? Can you sacrifice the ease of somebody else creating for you? And, you know, um, do for yourself or whatever you choose to sacrifice. Um, I, I can, I'm an example. I can tell you right now. I've, I've built so many things in workshops, created them for myself, fixed things that were broken. Um, I always, anytime, anytime I want something, I think about how I can build it. Like I've, I've built microphones before. Um, I've built um, 16 foot wide LED curtains, 2400 LEDs, like a big screen. It would, it's like from right here to that wall. Um, like right there to like right here. And it'd be like a, a big screen. I could put anything on it. I could put a face on it. I could put lights. I could put words on it. Built it myself. Learned how to be an electrical engineer. All this stuff. Um, didn't go to school for it. Nope. I'm an example. I'm telling you. <laughs> you, you can, whatever you want to do. If you want to do some woodworking, some ceramics, make some plates, do it. Do it. Put your energy into this world. This is what we need. And you need to inspire other people after you do it, too, because that's what you're going to do. Okay, so that's it for that section. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the final wisdom that I'd like to leave is from a book that I just picked up. I've always heard that I needed to get this book, but I only found it since I've been in Augusta. Um, And it's The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. Um, This book, I think it originally came out in the early 1900s, early 1900s, Uh, let's see if there's a date, 1933, I think originally it was a pamphlet that he would uh, teach from, he would give lectures, and it's basically how um, the educational system was set up 
to misdirect, to truly um, benefit um, the Caucasian society of the time at the neglect of black people. Um, and this is a quote from, from the third chapter, uh, How We Drifted from the Truth, on page 23. <clears throat> there can be no reasonable objection to the Negroes doing what the white man tells him to do if the white man tells him to do what is right, but right is purely relative. The present system under the control of the whites trains the Negro to be white, and at the same time convinces him of the impropriety or the impossibility of becoming white. Now that statement is the truth, and it's so subtle, but it is, it's like, um, it's the reason why we see so many people gravitating towards um, affluence over their family. Um, we see people gravitating towards um, the white way, um, just like, you know, like, but you're also taught that you can never be it. So imagine these two thoughts in your mind <laughs> at the same time. It's like, I need to be this thing and I can never be it. So you're always reaching to try to attain, but you never get there. Um, this book is so, so wonderful. Just for breaking down all of the ways that um, teachers, um, people who taught the black population, really either didn't have their best interests at heart or they were trained in a system that sought to exploit. Yeah. Um, and this, this, this society that black people live in is set up to exploit us. And if you don't recognize it, you will be exploited and exploited and exploited without seeing the games that are just, that have been played forever. Like people are playing these games, it's just been handed down and they don't even realize they're playing the game. Um, so I would highly suggest this book, The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. It will help just break that, break that education that, I mean, I received, and I know a lot of people receive, um, that teaches that the black way is, is lesser. <laughs> um, and once we break that, I think, we're going to do some, some real, real good in this world. Okay. That's good. Thank you for that, Rob. I've heard of that book, and it's been recommended. So thanks for bringing that up. So it is a good read and has some good nuggets inside. And, Rob, I just want to tell you, thank, I want to say to you, thank you so much for dropping a lot of wisdom nuggets with us today and that it was good having this chat with you because there's some new things I learned from you. And so... There was definitely helpful, and it will be helpful, possibly, to our listeners. I hope so. And uh, I want to thank you for chatting with me today. Uh, it's been such a pleasure. But I have one more thing before you go. It's a joke. Okay. <laughs> okay. Have you heard about the chocolate record player? Chocolate record player? Mm-hmm. Have no. you? No. It sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> well, well, Marcy. 
Okay. What do you call... What do you call a, um, a group of bunnies hopping backwards? I don't know. A receding hairline. <laughs> okay, okay. This is a first. I have been... Okay, someone came back with me with a joke. I like it. I like it. Those are two okay, funny ones. I brought up the chocolate record player because I knew we were going to be talking about music. So oh, that's man. why I brought that one. Yo, I bought like 60-something records while I've been in Augusta, yo. Oh, have you? Bro, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah nice. I gave your mom one. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. Got cloudy day back there, so oh wow! Yeah, probably will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was always in a good growing up with mom. It was like um, she had we had some old um, gospel records, and so on Saturdays when it was like chore day, she would have some music playing in the black background as we cleaned up. Nice. <laughs> so it was always good. So. It'll definitely bring back memories. It always bring back memories when I hear mama blasting music in the house and while she's cleaning or whatever. It's always good. <laughs> okay, thanks again, Rob. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Please like, share the Chatting with Marcy podcast. If you have something you want to chat about, get in, um, get in touch with me. You can find me on Facebook under Marcy Parks and on Instagram, Queen underscore Marcy. Before I go, I want to leave you with a little um inspiration i guess um in life there will be many hurdles but become a track star and jump over those hurdles and find your way to the finish line believe me you will enjoy the reward and of course you will be a winner in case no one has told you today i love you and god loves you too until next week bye for now Bye.